Hey loves, welcome to the Repurposing Your Soul podcast. I'm your host, Noni Wright, author of the book, Repurposing Your Soul, and now the podcast. So a little bit about me. I'm not a doctor or a therapist. I'm a minister, wife, mother, retired U.S. Army veteran, a person who has intimate knowledge of trauma, PTSD, depression, anxiety, and suicide attempts. I'm a woman with issues, but fortunately, my God is the God of solving issues. This workbook is a combination of the spiritual and clinical things I continue to do on my road to recovery. It contains tips and facts from the mental health professional community and also from those who specialize in mental health pastoral care for the body of Christ. So here's a couple of housekeeping things to remember as we go on this journey together. Number one, if at any time you feel extremely triggered, stop. Put the journal down and breathe. Healing and recovery is not a race. It's a journey. Give yourself grace and mercy while healing. And number two, take this journal with you to counseling appointments. So that way the therapist knows what you've been working on. Number three, and this is probably the most important. If you're having suicidal thoughts, help is available 24 hours a day at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 988. I love you. God loves you more. So let's do this. So a few years ago, I was at the lowest point in my life. I was scared to live because living meant I had to face my trauma and my mental health issues. On the outside, life looked perfect. Great career, fantastic child, I had it all. But actually, I was dying on the inside. I felt like a failure as a woman, failure as a mother, failure in a wife, because I had just gotten divorced from my first husband. I covered up my trauma and my issues with a sparkling, vibrant personality, excessive amounts of alcohol, cigarettes, and can't top it off without toxic relationships. I stuffed down my emotions, refusing to deal with them. In my mind, it was safer that way. However, like one of my therapists told me, emotions are like pressure cookers. You can shove them down, but they have to go somewhere or you'll pop. Well, I popped. (laughs) One suicide attempt, then another, and then a third, and a fourth. God met me in the place of my brokenness after the second suicide attempt. During that second suicide attempt, I was at a level of darkness I didn't even know was possible. I remember being on the floor in my living room with a bottle of sleeping pills in my hand, and I started taking them, one after the other, while crying out to God. I told him, if you really want me here, if you really have a purpose for my life, you better intercede right now, because I'm a horrible mother, a horrible person, and I don't deserve the good things in my life. Now, this might sound crazy, but this is all true. At that exact moment, my cell phone rings. My cousin Irene was on the line and she said, whatever you're about to do, stop. God told me to call you right now. I'm talking about, I was floored. Because literally in that moment, as I was trying to take my life, I cried out to God and I said, hey, you better show up or do something. And he had that person, had my cousin show up. 
So she came to the house, came to my rescue, and she gave me the help that I needed. And then that Sunday, she dragged me kicking and screaming to church. <laughs> I had avoided church for years due to church hurt. The God of my childhood was a mean and vengeful God, a God who didn't give grace or mercy, a God who would severely punish you anytime you did anything wrong. However, I learned that Sunday when I was with Irene that the God of my childhood wasn't really who God was. I learned that God loved me and just wanted to show me his love. And that started my journey of healing. That first step of knowing that God doesn't just show us love. He is love. I say all this to say that you are important. What you've been through is important. And your story is important. During one of my therapy sessions, I was asked, what is your story? My response was something along the lines of, why? Who cares? It is not that important. That one sentence said it all. I am not important. What I've been through doesn't matter. My therapist looked at me with sadness in her eyes. And she said, you and your story are important. Then she gave me the first journal prompt in this workbook. And now it's your turn. Your story is important because you are important. Even though others may have experienced similar traumas, your trauma is uniquely yours because you are unique. You deserve to acknowledge what happened to you without interruption, without judgment. And I'll reference this tidbit throughout the journal. The great thing about writing is that a piece of paper always listens. Take this space to write your story. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. This was not an easy assignment. I looked at the page and I had no idea where to start. I was a 30-something-year-old woman who's lived a very complicated life, full of twists and turns, extreme highs, and devastating lows. I wasn't in the frame of mind to even think about the good things. Instead, I started my story with the bad. And when I began to write, all the pain and all the trauma came pouring out. I filled page after page. I wrote until my hands cramped. An hour went by, and I didn't even notice. I just kept writing. Now, at the end, I sat there, and I looked at all those pages, and I felt hobbled out, empty. At my next appointment, my therapist asked me how I felt. <laughs> and I said, yo, I feel horrible. Like, my story is horrible. Like, this was a horrible assignment. She very quickly said, if you focus only on the bad, it makes sense for you to feel the way you do. But the assignment was to write your entire story. That includes the good, too. Again, I'm not going to lie. I didn't want to do it. I did not see the point of writing the good because I felt like I didn't deserve good things. And I'm going to be transparent. I still struggle with my self-worth to this day. Um, I still struggle with believing that I deserve good things in a good life. I had told my therapist about my hesitation and she told me to write about it anyway. During the midst of writing, I noticed a pattern. It was a pattern of God always stepping into the situations to rescue me. Now, it might not have been the way I would have done it, or as quickly as I would have done it, but it was there. He was there. 
he stepped in. But it was the best thing I started to see see that pattern of God stepping in my life because it was a pattern for me to see how he had been guiding me and protecting me. <sighs> so he was there in all black and white, everything he did for me. And I felt unworthy of his help. Even as I prepared this podcast, I'm still struggling with the feeling of being worthy of God. So in his fantastic way, he has bombarded me with blessings and I've been feeling guilty and unworthy to accept them. Even up until prayer this week, um, during prayer this week, I was just telling God, you know, um, I had just talked to my therapist. I felt unworthy. I felt like, you know, I didn't deserve anything good right now. And I need to see how he sees me. That was my prayer. God, show me how you see me. And so he told me to look up Psalms 139. And in it, it says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that stuck a chord with me. He told me I'm his child, his daughter, and I'm worthy because he created me out of love. And he knew me in my mother's womb. And he gave me the assignments that I have in life because he trusts me with those assignments. To sum it all up, I am worthy because God says I'm worthy, period. And that floored me. And that's the thing I really want you to remember this week as you're doing your journal prompts. So now it's your turn to write your story, the full complete story, because you are important and you are worthy to be heard. Now, throughout this week, you might have some questions or you just might even need prayer. If you need prayer or you need to ask questions, you can do it in the Q&A and I will respond. Um, And if you need prayer requests, like I said, put it in there and I will pray for you too. And now we're going to end this episode, but we're going to end it on prayer. Father God, in your precious name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for every single person who is hearing my voice right now. Lord, I thank you for every life that is dealing with trauma, Lord God. Lord, you know what they're going through, Lord God. You know their hopes, their dreams, their devastating losses, the pain, the agony, the hurt. Lord, you know every single thing that's going on, Lord God, and you know what they need. Lord, you know every night that they've cried out to you, Lord God. Lord, show them the ways that you have answered in your way, even when they didn't even realize it. Lord, show them how you've been there for them, Lord God. Lord, ease their minds, Lord God. Lord, we ask you that you stop the traumas and the anxiety from building up, Lord God. Help them work through all of their issues and their triggers, Lord God. Give them peace, Lord, as they go through this process, Lord God. And show them that they are truly loved. In your name, Jesus, amen. And so for my new family out there, I love you but Jesus loves you more. Until next time.